With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is everybody on here who's supposed to be on here? I'm doing like it. Well, I'm on here. We're about to get knocked off. Yeah, we did not talk. You have to let us back in. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I have to pull my phone for some reason. I don't. Oh, yeah. I see. I see you, Mike. Okay. Um. Will we too? Yeah, I see you. I see you. All right. Let me get this. All right. I I see. Bursting in the spirit. Yeah. Okay, here we go. And see, uh, mm-hmm, mm. all right, here we go. Third thing in the spirit. And this ministry I have, it birthed. It, it is a birthing ministry. Okay, it has birthed way over 67 uh, ministries already and five churches. Okay. First thing in the spirit, there's a period for conception, a period for pregnancy that is the process of carrying the seed. Now we come to the process of birthing in the spirit. We need to know something of the birthing process. This spiritual process is largely unknown and even misunderstood within the church where it is not known about. There are totally different laws that operate in the birthing process. This is the realm, brothers and sisters, where People give up most easily in the latter part of this pregnancy period. We're talking about spiritual pregnancy. You see, God relates a lot of things in the spiritual realm to what happens in the natural realm. And a lot of people will say, okay, this ministry is birth, but so many of you have been pregnant with the dreams and the promises and the things that God has prepared for you. And God said, would you be pregnant and not give birth at the point that you're supposed to give birth? Well, time of spiritual pregnancy is not obvious to the natural eye. It's not even natural, it's not even obvious 
to the natural eye that the vision that God has placed in your spiritual womb is the vision from the womb of God and that thing from the moment God impregnated it is it, been growing. So you say, well, Erica, what is the Bible precedent for this? Remember when Gabriel came to Mary and said, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you and overshadow you and that holy thing? Mary was impregnated supernaturally and Mary's birth, along with Elizabeth's birth of John the Baptist, where Mary was spiritual, John the Baptist was natural. Okay? And it was not obvious, it was not obvious that not only were there babies in the womb being formed, but there was a vision. In Mary's case, the vision was for the whole world and us. In Elizabeth's case, the vision was for Jesus' cousin John the Baptist to be the forerunner in preparation for the manifestation of the Son of God on this earth, okay? So the vision that God gave you has been has been kind of like some little chicks incubating <laughs> in your womb. Which that vision came from the womb of God. Okay? Despite the fact that day by day that thing has been growing. Sometimes there's a longer wait or a long wait before what you visualize deep in your spirit, man, pray for, which was which is in the original intent of God in the first place, because he's the one that put it there, comes to pass in the natural, okay? So what we're going to do is I'm going to give you some understanding in the area of spiritual birthing that is very important in order for you to realize all that God has prepared for you. Not just in the world to come, but right now in this present world. So, as I said, let's look at Luke chapter 1, verse 11 through 13. Let's talk about Zechariah here. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled. And fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard. I want you to listen to this, okay, this morning. And I want you to bracket. Right now, bracket. Those of you that I was on that other, on the 21-day line because I because the Lord let me know somebody was going to be on there. So I had even prepared something to teach on there. What I talked about was bracketing, and I will do another teaching on bracketing. But work with us if you weren't on there this morning. I want you to bracket right now. 
bracketing brothers and sisters is laying aside all of your own opinions temporarily. Whatever your opinions are, lay them aside temporarily. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Now he said, your prayer is heard. That's what the angel said to Zechariah. Your prayer is heard. I want you to bracket. Now, Zechariah was an old man. The scripture tells us he was well advanced in age. I don't think he had been praying for a child the last year or two before. Like most men of his day, Zechariah probably married around the age of 30. Perhaps after the second or third year of their marriage, he and Elizabeth realized something was wrong. They found that they were not having any children. And from that time on, they must have prayed for a child very badly. Because in those days, the custom was after you married, the firstborn should arrive the following year. So from that time on, when Elizabeth did not become pregnant, they would be seeking God. <laughs> because they were very devout, uh, righteous, religious people. So they would have been seeking God about that. Okay. And if the Bible says they were well advanced in years, it means they were maybe somewhere at least in the 60s or 70s. That gives us a period of approximately 35 years for the wait they endured. So this couple had been praying and waiting on God for 35 years. So now you can understand why I say most likely Zachariah and Elizabeth had not been praying for a while, you know, maybe the last couple of years or so. They were just like us. When we have received a promise and nothing uh, has manifest in a great number of years, Unfortunately, most times we just push it aside. Why I make the assumption about Zachariah and Elizabeth? Well, look at what happened during the course of the conversation with the angel. Didn't Zachariah express his doubt and unbelief? Finally, the angel appeared on the right side of the altar. We're talking about prayer. We're talking about vision. And write this down. We're talking about spiritual seed. We're talking about some things that we pray for that seem to take forever to manifest in the natural. I know this message is for somebody individually, and I hope you get it. Bracket. Angel came and said to Zachariah, I have good news for you. Look what he say, your prayer is heard. Apparently, Zachariah must have prayed and prayed for years and years. Likely, probably giving up all hope for that one thing, just as we do many times. 
They had grown old and were past the age of childbearing. In order for them to get what they needed and what they had been praying for and what they desired, they were going to need supernatural intervention from God of the miraculous if the prayer was to be answered. So here, the angel spoke those words, your prayer has been heard. But what follows was Zechariah's response. In Luke 1 and 18, Zechariah said, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. Reading between the lines, yes. Between what he said and what Mary said. I don't get it. To me, it seemed like Mary was saying that she didn't know a man. How could this be? And Zachariah, pretty much, I'm trying to feel what saying, saying, saying the same thing. Just listen. Okay. You're going to get it. Reading between the lines, Zachariah was saying, why did you take so long? <laughs> Zachariah was saying, why did you take so long? Here's the time a 35, a 35-year-old prayer dream vision is going to be answered and manifest in the natural. And we have Zachariah asking, how will I know? How will I know? After all, I've been waiting for 35 years. Zechariah was saying, why does God answer now after so many years? Primarily, at this point, should Elizabeth bear a child, it could be nothing else but a miracle from God. It could be nothing else but a miracle from God. And guess what? This way, God gets all the glory. Yes. Amen. Remember, Scripture tells us that God will share his glory with no man. Okay? okay. The, balance, the balance to the statement is the fact that God is God. And God has times and seasons for certain things. And it is always important to remember this. When we begin to seek after God and the things of God, brothers and sisters, like Zechariah, the excitement doesn't seem to be there. There is a time when you pray and the answer comes and it's very exciting. But there are other times when you have prayed for so long and you have gotten yourself excited a hundred times over in vain. The excitement gets lost. Sometimes we just cannot hold on to our initial excitement. Sometimes our faith becomes smothered in doubt and unbelief. Remember that doubt and unbelief? I hate it. As an example, remember the Israelites? The first time the manna came, they were excited. However, after 40 years of eating manna, 
they weren't excited anymore. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Unfortunately, we have to handle and consider. I had an example on here for myself, and I put, I remember the first time, but I know don't don't all you happy people get mad at me and everything. I put, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna talk about it anyway. I remember the first time I had a McDonald's double double hamburger. Uh, <laughs> and it was so good to me. <laughs> now, forty years later. <laughs> I get that reaction like I heard on the phone. I want to buy me another example. <laughs> I can't use that McDonald's hamburger story no more. <laughs> Unfortunately, we handle. And consider the things of God and of the Spirit the same way sometimes. Okay? So here's Zechariah waiting for 35 odd years for his prayers to be heard. His expectations fluctuating between high and low. Every year he's saying, this could be the year. Repeatedly, he probably encouraged Elizabeth. Elizabeth, like Joel Osteen, the best is yet to come. <laughs> Finally, Elizabeth, this is going to be the year. It didn't happen. So Zachariah became so pessimistic that he said, look here, angel, how could it be? Since I'm so old now, Zachariah experienced some inconvenience that to him were not necessary. Why? Because he did not flow fully along with the birthing process. He was murmuring, complaining, and 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 dealing with doubt and unbelief all too frequently. Brothers and sisters, why am I telling you this? You got to guard your seed. You got to guard your seed. You hear me? The angel said to Zachariah, Zachariah, because you didn't believe, you will not be able to until the child comes forth. Wow. True to the message from the angel. Zachariah was speechless for nine months. Then when the child was born, he got his speech back. Now, why did God answer when it looked like Zachariah was filled with unbelief? To the natural man, it was for all. It would seem, to the natural man, it would seem that Zachariah had given up. God moved because even in Zachariah's unbelief and doubt, God's miracle brought glory to himself. 
And never forget, brothers and sisters, that God still has mercy as a part of him, too. Amen. It's important to remember, out of all of this, that the delay here of 35 years was not due to anything that Elizabeth and Zechariah were doing or not doing. Despite their doubt and unbelief, this was one of those specific instances where regardless of their level of faith, the birthing would not have been speeded up because this instance was a fulfillment of prophecy and due season. This um, instance, the Bible calls it, write this down, the fullness of time. The fullness of time. And in Zechariah's situation, the fullness of time had not yet come. There are some things, regardless of the amount of our fasting and our praying, regardless of our depth of faith, there are some things, brothers and sisters, we cannot speed up the process. And no, we are informed by scripture that the child she was to birth, forerunner of the Messiah, write this down. So the child could not be birthed until the fullness of time had come. This was once again one of those instances where God had a set time and a set season when something was to take place. This was a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. God had spoken it, and though they had to wait many years, God is not a man that he should, that he should lie. This was a fulfillment of biblical prophecy. God has spoken it, and though they had to wait many years, God is not a man that he should lie. What happened? The baby was born. John the Baptist fulfilled his role in biblical prophecy. He was the forerunner of the Messiah. Now, there's another man in Luke chapter 2. When the time of his manifestation came, he had a very positive response. In verse 25, it says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And look what the word says, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Hmm. Now, this man is and was a faithful man. He has been waiting for years. Again, 
He is another old man, and he has been waiting for the Messiah. What am I telling you today? I'm going to share with you the words of Winston Churchill from World War II. When he was at a college graduation as a guest speaker, this is what he said. He said, this is the shortest commencement address in all of history. Write it down. This is what Winston Churchill said. Never give up, never give up, never give up, and never give up. In the early days of his faithfulness, God told Simeon that he would see the Messiah before he died. Just like Jesus would have told you that you would live to see him come again. Perhaps Simeon was told those 40 years ago that he would see the Messiah. Imagine all those years he was waiting to see the Messiah. He might have been wondering what the Messiah would be like, not knowing. Then one day when he was old, finally the Lord said, Simeon, now is the time. Today is the day. Let's say that when he was 30, the Lord told him he would see the Messiah. Like all human beings, he would have expected the Messiah to come the next week, the next day, the next month, or maybe the next year. Then when that doesn't happen, he thinks, perhaps I didn't hear from God at all. Some people give up if Jesus doesn't come to bear in their time frame because they bracket it and they completely leave God out of the equation. They don't bracket. I'm sorry. They don't bracket. And they completely leave God out of the equation. No, Simeon was faithful. Although it became very faint as the years passed by, it was still like a little light that kept shining. Hope was still there because God had told him he would see the Messiah. He may have, in the natural, made a few mistakes. Nevertheless, he held on to his hope. He held on to what God said. Maybe he might have even thought that the Messiah is now a young man. It's been so long. And during those days, brothers and sisters, there were a lot of people running around who claimed to be the Messiah, just like it is today. Did you know that before Jesus came, there were several people who came to Jerusalem and claimed to be the Messiah. It's in the Bible. In the book of Acts, the story was told by Gamaliel. And he was talking about the historical things that happened just before Jesus came on the scene. In Acts chapter 5, verse 34. Then one in the council stood up, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, held in respect by all the people and commanded them to put the apostles outside for a little while. And he said to them, men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do regarding this man. For some time ago, 
Pyrrhus rose up claiming to be somebody. A number of men, about 400, joined him. He was slain, and all who obeyed him were scattered and came to nothing. After this man, Judas of Galilee rose up in the days of the census and drew away many people after him. He also perished, and all who obeyed him were dispersed. Now, that tells you that Jesus was born in the days of the census. And Simeon was alive to see Jesus after the days of the census. So, Simeon, brothers and sisters, lived through all that stuff. He saw all those people. So in the days of the Bible, there were at least two men who claimed to be the Messiah. Simeon was there, and Simeon heard all these things. Simeon could have thought, could this be the Messiah? But of course, the Holy Spirit would tell him if it was not. He more than likely endured quite a few disappointments. But now here he is old, and the Spirit says, you're going to see the Messiah today. Whatever you're holding on to, whatever you're spiritually pregnant with, aren't you looking forward to today? When you got out of bed, when you look up at the sky after you get off this line, and if you heard the Holy Ghost speak to your heart and say, today, this is the day, how would you feel? being led by the Holy Spirit. There are certain laws that operate during this birthing period. Number one, you have to be willing to be led by the Holy Spirit. Simeon was led by the Spirit. The Lord told Simeon, this is the day you're going to see the Messiah. So Simeon came to the temple, look at here, led by the Holy Spirit in a state of high expectations. If Simeon, listen carefully, if Simeon had gone on the wrong day, nothing. If he had gone at the wrong time, nothing. He would have missed the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, look at the arrangement the angel made. Jesus' parents were coming to present him at the temple that day. The timing for them to be there on just the right day at just the right time was already worked out by God. Look at here. In those days, people were traveling by foot and by donkey. They were not traveling equipped with OnStar from General Motors. <laughs> Yet God get this divinely arranged for all of them to arrive at the appointed place at the appointed time. Brothers and sisters, that's awesome all by itself. Simeon, who was possibly living around Jerusalem, had to go there and be there at the precise moment this was Jerusalem headquarters. Everything in Jerusalem revolved around activity at the temple. Every day there were children being dedicated at the temple. Even if Simeon is there at the right day, 
at the right hour and at the right minute, how was Simeon supposed to know which baby was the Messiah? He had to find out which one. And mind you, there was no way to recognize the Messiah in the natural. Jesus was only eight days old. Do you think an eight-day-old baby can say, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God? No. Simeon had to be there, listen to me, carefully, and discern by the Spirit of God which was the right baby. There is no way in the natural that he could have recognized baby Jesus. He had to be led by the Holy Spirit. And being led by the Holy Spirit, he got to the right place at the right time, and he was doing the right thing. Being led by the Holy Spirit, sealed with the discerning gift, sensitive, to the to the wooing and the and the pulling and the directing and the guiding of the Holy Spirit, we too can find ourselves in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. Keep in mind that doing a good thing is okay, but doing a God thing releases the anointing. Doing a God thing is operating in God's order. Doing a God thing, all the power, all the glory of God is available to us, and it is unfathomable. It is, the, it is in this realm of the spirit that birthing takes place. Sometimes God takes you out of a place, and set you up in another place in order to let you give birth. If you don't obey and delay there, then the actual act of spiritual birthing will be delayed even further. There are times when for all the world, it seems in the natural that God could not do for us, we could not possibly birth the promise in the location that we are in. I I still have problems with that, uh, brothers and sisters, but I have a surprise for you. If you've not already figured it out, many times God's spiritual delivery room is not the same one we would choose for ourselves. For whatever reason, sometimes God chooses to speak to you at a certain time and at a certain place, whether you want to be there or not. Moses was 40 years on the backside of the desert, when from a long way off, he saw the fire of God, the burning bush. Although the Bible did not give the time span, it may have burned for some time before Moses paid close attention. If you look carefully in the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verse 2, it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire, from the midst of the bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, 
I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why this bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. There could have been a time period. See, Moses didn't go near because he saw an angel standing there. He went because he must have been observing it for some time and said to himself, I saw it a while ago, and by now it should be a black spot. This was an unusual fire. He went there, the Bible says, thinking and wondering why the bush was not consumed by the fire. In other words, he wasn't there looking for God. He said, I must go and check out why this bush is not burning up. Yeah, it keep burning. It's not consumed. And only when Moses came near that the Lord called to him. What I'm talking to you about is another divine appointment. There are a lot of people who have been praying for something, knowing that God had deposited a seed in their spirit man, that God had given you a vision, that God had placed a call upon your life, and we missed it because of fear or because of something. The question, ask yourself, why must God bring Elijah all the way to the mountain and then tell him something? I don't know. But brothers and sisters, these are the ways of God. Why did God have to have Moses go all the way to the wilderness and meet him there in the burning bush? Why did God have to choose all these strange types of appointments? Maybe, write this down. Maybe it's because God is seeking a personal date with you. God names the time and God names the place. But it's up to you whether you show up or not. God loves you so much that he places a time for everything. <laughs> he places a time for your response, whether it's yes or whether it's no. Many times God will move or speak in a place or area that we would never expect. That's just the way God speaks. Sometimes when God speaks, we have to flow along with it. Even when that places us in locations and places we had rather not be. We must be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We must be sensitive to our God. And whatever we do, we must not. Write this down. You must not put God in a box and say that if God does not do such and such, it can't be God. Okay? 
Listen to me. You have endured. You have endured. Now it's time to see what the Lord is trying to do with you. Have you heard what the Spirit of the Lord would say to you today? Wake up. Wake up. Okay. Hold on, because I'm getting to the important part here. I know you ain't call yourself praying in tongues while I'm trying to teach this. That don't make no sense. That don't make no sense at all. I cover myself and everybody on here with the bloody truth. I'm muting them. I hate to do it. Well, I got the person who would have won. I think I can unmute. We're going to birth this. You're going to birth this today. You're going to birth what God got in you. Yes. And you're going to go on to perfection. Yes, I am. Okay. I receive that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God got something for you, and you and, and you're going to get it. This, this is the way I got it. I, I got it. I birthed my ministry in Prayer Mountain under Pastor Cho's mama, Prayer Mountain, Pastor Cho from Korea. My ministry was birthed at Prayer Mountain after a 40-day fast. Oh. But you don't have to because I got it. One person, God give it to one person, and then you don't have to. Yeah. How, you don't have to go through. I didn't have anybody to help me. <laughs> you want to know why I try to help the saints so much? Because it don't make sense. I had to get everything the hard way. <laughs> you don't have to. You just need to somebody who already been through. Yeah. Okay? Okay. Have you heard what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doing so already shortens the period of labor you got to go through and the vision. The dream and the call is birthed in an instant. That's what I'm telling you. Now, sometimes when a birth is imminent, the Lord would have caused us to fast, to pray, and keep quiet. And many times, the Lord even causes us to separate ourselves from others, even members of our own family. That's called a consecration. God wanted to be alone with you. Anyone who has a call to the ministry will notice that there is this special thing. You can't quite put your finger on it. You try to describe it to others, but you just can't quite describe it. Mm -hmm. Some 
<clears throat> who have the call of God on their life, understand what it is. You're going through, but other people look at you with a blank stare, like you just landed on Earth or Mars or somewhere. <laughs> Even those who say they understand and have experienced this cannot really be of assistance to you because this is something you must do for yourself. This is a lot like the mother giving birth in the labor room of the hospital. Even although her husband is present, he can look on, he can hold her hand, he can wipe the perspiration from her forehead, he can kiss her cheek, he can speak words of comfort and encouragement, but she has to birth that baby by herself. There's no better place to birth than in the presence of the anointing. I got news for you this morning. Sit yourself down. You in the maternity ward of God's spiritual hospital this morning. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. This is the time when your labor of your own life this is the time when God is calling you aside. You know you're about to birth something very special. Mm-hmm. The angel told Mary that holy thing. <laughs> Many times we know exactly what it is that we're birthing. Other times, God may be doing a new thing. And God will make it known to you in the birthing process. He's simply looking for you to be obedient to his call. You must become ultra sensitive to him and his leading by his own Holy Spirit. This is your time for birthing. You must be sensitive to it. You must be sensitive to what God wants us to do. After your birthing, it's going to require nutrition. It's going to require patience. And it's going to require commitment. It's going to require your all. But when what you have birthed, your vision is matured, and you're walking in it, all have been worth it all. You're here right now in this delivery room today to birth in God's spiritual ministry plan and purpose for you. You are pregnant with promise. Now, this is what I want you to do. I want you to relax yourself. I want you to lay hands, your, both of your hands, on your stomach. Depending on, <clears throat> depending on how sensitive you are, it's going to depend on what's going to happen next. With both of your hands on your stomach, I want you to tell God. I want you to come into agreement with God. I want you to tell God you're in agreement with him. And the birth your promise. You gotta do it. 
once again, you got to tell God, I'm pregnant, my promise. And now, let him birth it. Holy Spirit, birth my promise. I made it to the delivery room. Tell that spiritual baby, come on out. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. Don't fight that feeling you're feeling in your stomach. It's the Holy Spirit stirring it up. You asked him, you said you want to birth your promise. And it's coming out. It's coming out. It's coming out. Birth it on out. Birth it on out. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. It's all spiritual. Remember, spiritually, spiritual things are spiritually discerned. Elizabeth birthed John the Baptist. Mary birthed Jesus. Feel like like contractions or muscles moving in your stomach, bursting on out, bursting on out, bursting on out. Don't worry about it. It's supernatural. Bursting on out. Burst it on out. And when you feel when you feel it, then take a big breath and let it on out. Let it pop on out. When you feel it like like that thing needs to let loose, burst it out, yell it out, kick it out, whatever you have to do, get it out your belly. Get it out your belly. First your promise. First your promise. Pregnant with twins, triplets, quadruplets, six couplets. First your promise. And what's so wonderful, all of you are by yourself. I love this. First it on out. Birth it on Coming out through love, remember that. It's a love child. Real love child. I welcome you, Jesus. I welcome you. I welcome you. I welcome you. Birth it on out. 
song. I would I would love to look up this song and add it to my worship song. Go to Google. Go to Google. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. I love you, brothers and sisters. I love you all. God bless you all. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Oh, Paul, you're so good. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh.